Hey everybody, welcome to the Scott Stepping Podcast. Scott here, and um, at this point, uh, these uh, new uh, podcasts that are coming out is to kind of help with my uh, congregation. We're going through a series called Exercising Our Faith, and we're going through the spiritual disciplines. And today on this episode, I have uh, Reverend Bob Neese, uh, and we're going to be having a discussion talking about fasting. So Bob, welcome to the show. Okay. My name is, uh, obviously, as you shared already, my name is Bob Neese. I'm the pastor of the Abingdon First Church of God in Abingdon, Virginia. I uh, have served there for 23 years this past January, been my 24th year. Uh, also serve as the state minister for the Church of God in Virginia. Uh, bottom line is, is I serve as a pastor to our pastors across the, across the movement here in Virginia. Uh, I have served in that capacity for about about eight years now eight or nine years uh but my outside of my relationship with christ my uh crowning achievements are that i have uh that i've impressed kathy niece in uh enough that she married me and and that i'm abigail niece's daddy good wonderful that's great bob so we're talking about fasting so what would, how would you describe fasting to somebody who came up to you and asked, hey, what is fasting and kind of what do you do and, you know, any information you can give about uh, fasting? Okay, in a nutshell, fasting is, uh, is by definition, is uh, the discipline of abstaining from food or abstaining from certain, uh, certain foods. But I, I take it a little bit farther than that. Uh, fasting can be... Uh, a discipline of saying no to yourself in regards to uh, to other things as well, and and I guess as we go through the podcast, we'll talk about uh, some of the variances of that. But bottom line is fasting is is uh, a discipline whereby we say no to ourselves to some of the things that we would like to participate in, or uh, again even in the in regards to food, it's abstaining from foods for certain periods of time or. Uh, certain certain aspects of food for certain periods of time, specifically to become uh, closer to the Lord and to exercise an ability to uh, again to draw closer to Christ. All right, good. So so you mentioned so you kind of mentioned in kind of your first definition that you know abstaining from food, and I know there's been arguments that me and my dad have had over the uh, years that he thinks that oh well you have to fast when you fast it has to be food like it can't be anything else it can't be you know for him it would be like okay I can fast from this food or you know if I'm doing a longer fast then maybe I'll fast from like you know the carbonated beverages um but when he sees teens saying oh well I'm fasting from you know Facebook or something he's like oh no no that's not right so kind of from your experience like how has you know, you said you take it a little bit deep farther can be a denial of anything. So can you go a little bit further in what you mean by that? I can. Um, again, I think that, that, that the, the, the important thing is not the abstinence of specific things as much as it is a discipline, disciplining of ourselves or bringing our body into subjection. And mm-hmm. certainly the mind is included in that. Uh, again, bringing our body into subjection, uh, this this issue of discipline, we're going to hear that word quite a bit. I heard you mention it in in regards to what you were saying about uh, the, 
the series that you're dealing with with your congregation, mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines. Again, that's not a matter of being in trouble for anything. It's a matter <laughs> of, uh, of being able to uh, to say yes and to say no, to be able to run the gambit of, of bringing our body and even our minds under subjection. Mm-hmm. For those, and I, I won't spend a whole lot of time here, but for those that that, that believe that that's only about food, I would challenge you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, mm. where where Paul talked about the abstinence of a marital relationship between mm-hmm. those who are married. He said that it needed to be short and for a specific spirit period of time. Yeah. But he didn't say that, 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 that was not a fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's a good point. I think uh, I don't necessarily, I think there's somewhere else in scripture and I can't think of the verse or where it is off the top of my head. I know it's in the epistles where I think the apostle Paul talks about, well, I think he calls it an awakening, which was, you know, kind of abstaining from sleep to kind of keep watch over things, but it wasn't something that was a, a prolonged thing. It was like only for a specific purpose. Um, So typically, you know, from my experience, typically if I was going on a fast, usually that means that I would abstain from something for usually a day, maybe a few days or even two a week. Um, So kind of talk a little bit about, you know, as someone is deciding to go into a fast, like what are some things they need to prepare for and how do you practice fasting in a, like a 24 hour period or longer? Okay. If, uh, and and let's just use the issue of food. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, just to, just, just to simplify things. But, um, when I fast, I think it's important that not only do I do I turn a plate over or or push it away or or even get away from the table, uh, but I think it's significant that we spend that time in 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 another aspect of spiritual discipline, whether it be uh, reading of the scripture, uh, spending that time in prayer. Uh, sometimes we get wrapped up in the idea that if we just if we just fast, we can go on with the rest of the day. But I think part of the Part of the discipline and part of, it, of, of the benefit of fasting is to spend that time that we would normally have spent, whether it's cooking and, and preparing that meal, sitting down to eat that meal, cleaning the dishes afterwards, uh, spend that, that, that time as a designated portion of, of, of time specifically for, uh, even if it's just reflection of what God is speaking to you about or dealing with you about over the issue that you, of which you may be fasting. I think those are those are important things, and and for me personally, that's some of the some of the aspects of fasting. It's not just giving something up; it's spending time in prayer, and Bible study or meditation to be able to uh, to, to again draw closer to the Lord. It's not just a matter of saying no to the self; it's a matter of saying yes to to, to Christ as well. Yeah, and 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 it's great that you go back to that aspect of fasting because I think a lot of times where the mistake is made is okay I'm denying myself of certain things but you're continuing to go throughout your day or like you know okay I'm not going to eat so I'm not going to be sitting at the table um, or I'm not going to be worrying about preparing a dish or food or anything else but then that extra you know, 30 minutes to an hour that you're not sitting to eat food, you know, you could be doing laundry or you could be doing something else and it's not necessarily focusing 
on connecting with God in a powerful way. So when we think about fasting, there's obviously, you know, a lot of different fasts we see in the scriptures. Um, you know, we see kind of a, and I don't know what the technical name is. I call it the regular fast, but I don't know if that's like the technical name, but you know, there's fasting and then we have the Daniel fast. Um, so what can you tell us about the Daniel fast and how does that differ as far as practice and maybe how does that differ as far as the spiritual component uh, to regular fasting, if there is a difference to that. Okay. Um, you know, when it comes to the Daniel fast, that's, you know, that, that certainly has its roots back in, in the book of Daniel. Um, I'm not, uh, I didn't, I didn't buy into the Daniel fast as far as buying the books and the, uh, and all of the different paraphernalia that that went along with that. But as as I prepared for our podcast, the, the, the Daniel fast actually came up, but again, not in the context of, uh, of the books that are out on the market and the exercise mm-hmm. program and, and all of that. But this idea of, uh, of different fasting, it was interesting that you mentioned a regular fast versus uh, versus what we refer to as the Daniel fast and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There are, that there were several different fasts that I kind of identified in preparation for our. Oh, service. okay. Uh, and one was what you just referred to as regular fast, abstaining from food and drink except for water. Uh, Jesus did that for forty days and forty nights prior to his uh, being uh, empowered with the uh, with the Holy Spirit. His prior to his baptism and subsequent Holy Spirit filling. Uh, the partial fast, which is again, I think, the Daniel fast. You know, you can talk about that in, or read about that in Daniel chapter one, mm-hmm. uh, when Daniel is Daniel and his friends, and and wasn't just Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are their uh, Babylonian names, mm-hmm. except for Daniel. Um, they have been brought in because they were the cream of the crop, if you will, and they were to to spend the next three years uh, being educated in the Babylonian culture, the Babylonian language. Uh, there's a great book by, by, by a fellow named uh, Chris. I want to say it's Stephen Chris, but I'm not sure that that's, that, that's his proper first name. But C-H-R-I-S-T. Chris is uh, the last name called Learning the Language of Babylon. Mm. I thought it was a great book for, uh, for, for me several years ago. But in that, uh, in Daniel chapter 1, it talks about Daniel being given the opportunity to, uh, to spend the next three years eating the king's meat, the delicacies, the, 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 the drinks that the king would provide. He said, I could not, you know, in good conscience, could not get into uh, taking this food that he deemed was unclean and would, what would defile his body. So, you know, during the course of, uh, of all that happened, a test was given for three or for 10 days, rather, uh, that, they, that the king's meat and the delicacies that, that they were offered that Daniel wouldn't define himself with. Ten days go by with an, with, with an opportunity for this, uh, for this fast, if you will. At the end of the fast, Daniel and his, and his buddies are found to be more healthy, fatter, richer than, uh, <laughs> than the others that were privy to, to, the, to the regular diet. Uh, all of that to be said, Daniel is actually fasting for these ten days, and when they find that, that, that things have gone well for him, he actually gets to fast for the next three years as a partial fast. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, most folks don't realize that, but for the next three years, he's on this diet of uh, of pulse or this diet of, of beans, which is certainly not something I would want to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking speaking of Daniel fast, it was a couple years back. I actually tried the first time ever did a Daniel fast, and I did it for I would say I did it for forty days. I think that's when I okay. did it, and it was. Um, there definitely was some challenges to it. Um, you know, it was, I think what the challenges were mainly was just trying to make sure you can buy certain ingredients, what you could and couldn't do. And, yeah. you know, you even talk about, you know, there's the Daniel fast we see in scripture, but then there's like books and websites yeah. and, yeah. and stuff that Daniel fast. And you're like, okay. And they always start with like, Oh, this has come from the book of Daniel. And that's the fast that Daniel did. But then they always kind of add this stuff of like, okay, well, is there extra stuff? Like I know one thing that you have to abstain from was sugar. So I can remember going through there and I'm in the health food section, I'm buying stuff. But if I even saw anything that looked like high fructose corn syrup or syrup, it's like, well, I can't buy this. And it, I think one time I went in there to go shop just to prepare myself for the 40 days. I think I only got like two weeks of stuff and I was in the grocery store for about two hours because wow. I didn't really have a list. So luckily I was able to from that first experience, I was able to really go do, but bought a lot of vegetables, bought a lot of stuff, um, kind of made a lot of my own food. And I think that was probably frustrating because I never, and here's another thing about fasting. I'll give some advice here, even though Bob, you're the, you're the one who's talking about it. Make sure you talk to your family before you do a fast because yeah. yeah. my wife was furious when I did the Daniel fast, not because of what I was doing and the purpose of it, but it's like, she's trying to make food. And even she was trying to be good and trying to like, Oh, I'm going to make food to kind of help with your diet. And then of course, like I'll find out like, Oh, is there this and that? Yeah. Well, I can't eat that, you know? And it was just like, so she get so irritated and so mad. So please make sure you talk about your fast. Um, And of course, but she also felt that she had to make something to me. And it's like, well, no, I'm taking care of my own self. Don't worry about cooking for me. I'm, I'll do my own thing. Uh, but it was interesting. I think I blogged about it, but it was interesting just doing it that way. And I think in some ways the Daniel fast was a lot harder than like your regular fast, just because you are, you know, because if you think about regular fasting, it's that denial that you talk about, like you're denying certain things. So if I say, okay, I'm going to not eat food for 24 hours and devote that time to prayer, I feel like I can do that because at least it's like, okay, it's not, I'm going to stop. The Daniel fast is like, well, I'm eating food that I'm not used to. I'm eating more fruits and vegetables and all that. So then obviously when my family's having hamburgers, hot dogs, regular chicken or then sometimes I think there's one time in my fast where I was sitting while well, I was talking in the kitchen with Laura and there was a bowl of peanuts and I just instantly grabbed her yeah. potato chips I went and grabbed something and ate it and I was like <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I even talked about that I wrote about that too but yeah uh, so yeah definitely Daniel uh, fast is different and I think a lot of times people and maybe you can either agree or disagree but I feel like a lot of times when I hear people talk about the Daniel fast they're talking more about doing this task as a way for a specific, doing something specific for a specific purpose. Like for Daniel, it was specifically to show, you know, to be on this diet, to show that even being on this different diet. So he's not eating, you know, the bloody meat from the Babylonians that was against his, you know, against his dietary rules and Judaism. 
Um, so there's that purpose. But then from there, it was him to be able to be able to do extraordinary things uh, within the within Babylon from interpret dreams to be an advisor to the king to even being thrown into a lion's den and yeah. not get eaten, even a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, being thrown into a furnace and not being burned. Yeah. And even, and I think more specifically, just his heart of fasting, just to pray for one day, the Israelites will be able to go back home to Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, so, so would you say that that would kind of be a little bit more, thing that a Daniel fast has more of a specific vibe to it than a regular fast or do you think it's kind of all blanket or it's all the same? No, I think, I think, I think you're right. I think there were, uh, you know, fasting, you know, for, for specific reasons and specific purposes. I think that's, I think that's biblical. Jesus himself said that when the disciples found themselves powerless against a specific demon, after Jesus cast his demon out, his, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we do this? And he said, this kind comes by, uh, by specifically by prayer and fasting. So, mm-hmm. so yes, I think, I think uh, fasting for specific reasons has its, has its benefits and has its place as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Daniel, uh, you know, if you read, if you continue farther down into Daniel, you find in chapter 10, and I love the story, you know, there's just some controversy as to what, you know, some of his, some of his interpretation of dreams actually mean. And, and, and again, I don't want to get into all of that, except <laughs> in, in, you know, that in Daniel chapter 10, it says that in, in those days, I was, that, that Daniel was praying for three weeks, 21 days. Mm-hmm. He ate no pleasant bread, neither flesh nor wine in my mouth. Again, that's just, uh, that, that wasn't a, a total fast, but specific or, or, or partial fast um, said I didn't anoint myself at that time for three whole weeks. And later on in that chapter, the angel comes back to him and basically apologizes and said, I'm sorry it took so long to get here. <laughs> I know that's, that's great. Isn't that's it? A, well, that's <laughs> a great aspect of that story. It's, and, and it speaks to me what you know, what, what power we have in, in prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess that's kind of a, 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 I mean, there's another question, something you said earlier that I want to get back to, but I want to top in this thought about, you know, kind of that power through prayer. So I have had some people who have at least have taught that when you are fasting and you combine fasting and prayer or fasting and meditation together, you almost kind of have this ability to tap into whatever you want to call it, tap into Jesus, tap into his spirit or tap into the supernatural to be able to have power or like, it's almost like prayer elevated is what it's called. Where like, you know, if I sit and I pray, but if I fast and I pray, then it's almost like it elevates it a little bit more. I don't know where, if there's anything in scripture that specifically says that, or if that's just kind of a traditional thought. So can you weigh in on that? I think I think that's more of a byproduct of uh, of the prayer and the fasting is this, uh, you know. I would I, I don't know that I would uh, I would use the word elevated or but mm-hmm. but I would certainly use the word focused. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's where you know where where that can merge together is is this idea that 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 prayer and fasting as they as, as they are employed together. There's a there's more of a focus again not on the self and not what but what I'm giving up but a focus on uh, on on my relationship with Christ and 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 the power that I have 
already accessible to me. Mm -hmm. Just a, 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 again, a means of, of, of recognizing that. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, and that's kind of the thing because I feel like we're back on that. I think you said the correct word focus because I, you know, when you use words like, Oh, if you fast and you pray, you'll have more power or you'll, or be elevated to me. I feel like that it's almost kind of a, we can get into the trap of thinking that, well, if I fast and pray, then anything I pray for is going to be heard or everything I pray for is going to come to fruition. Um, or, 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 or kind of like when you think about Jesus, when he teaches on fasting, you know, he's saying, you know, don't be like the teachers of law who they're like groaning and, uh, you know, yeah. kind of showing like, and it's not necessarily that they're suffering from their fasting, but they're kind of showing like, Oh, I'm fasting. So I'm, you know, I'm holier than, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit up here. Um, so I think, well, go ahead, Bob. Spirituality. Exactly. So for me, I think, you know, kind of how I think about it, it's more focused because again, you know, Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah. So if, if I know that the spirit is dwelling within me um, and that I'm marked with the Holy Spirit, then I don't think I can get any more powerful, uh, but I can be more focused into really focusing on what Jesus wants for my life. Um, and I think even things that Jesus are revealing, or even sometimes there's, especially during the Daniel fast, there'd be times where even in time of prayer, there would have be images that would pop in my head of certain individuals within my congregation or friends back home. And instantly, instead of question like, Oh, that's weird. But I think of that person instantly, it was like, I'm praying for this person. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I don't know any of their needs, but maybe something's going on where, this is coming up to the forefront of my mind, so I need to pray for them because I'm already in a focused sense of prayer during this time of prayer and fasting. I would agree with that. I would agree okay. wholeheartedly with that. All right. Um, the other question, because you mentioned about Jesus, and I've read you know different books on fasting and different, and I've always seen this thing of about a third fast because we talk about. You know, they always talk about the three main fasts, which is like regular fasting, Daniel fast, and then they talk about a 40-day fast. And anytime when I read stuff on that, it's always sketchy to me, mainly because they say, well, 40-day fast, basically no food or water for 40 days. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, that is dangerous. And of course, they always say, please do not attempt this fast unless you are filled, led by the Holy Spirit. And I always question that. So... Have you had any experience or any knowledge about anybody doing a 40-day fast in that regard, just like Jesus did in the wilderness? Not in that regard. Okay. I have, uh, I believe that there is a supernatural fast. Mm -hmm. I do believe that. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days receiving the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Scripture is very clear that that was a, a fast of no food, no water. Medically speaking, we cannot go three days without water. Mm -hmm. Third day, body shuts down. I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. It, this, this has to be something that's supernatural. And uh, outside of Jesus, outside of Jesus, the only times that I've ever seen that in, in, in that setting have been something that, that, that has not been, I want to say, of their own choosing. Um, I don't imagine that Moses went up on the mountain with the intent to be there 40 days and 40 nights with no food or water. Mm -hmm. I believe that God sustained him. I, I believe that God provided for him. Obviously Jesus is the son of God that comes with a little bit different dynamic. Yeah. I have in hospice settings seen 
seen fasts that go on longer than that than you know the one two or three days that we talk about but even in those those were not those those were not choice fasts those were not something that i still believe that they were supernatural i i can identify two specific people mm -hmm. that 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 had gone longer without food and water than than the three days that we normally talk about Okay. Uh, both of them were medical anomalies that, you know, a hospice team, as we talk about each patient every, every week, uh, we would, we would share what was going on with them medically, physically, uh, spiritually, and emotionally. And, and from my perspective as, as the chaplain in both of those settings it was amazing to me that, that, that these folks were not taking food or water. One of them, well, one of them, 20, uh, 22 days and the other was right in their 30 in, in the 30 day range. Mm. Uh, but again, these were not chosen fast. And I believe that both of these, uh, both of these in their Christian walk, this was something that I think God did, hmm. but not, not, not something that they chose and said, Oh, I think, I think I can do this fast for longer than three days. I can go with that. No, they, they weren't medically able, they weren't physically able to take in this nourishment. We're not talking about feeding tubes. We're talking about laying in the beds and, and still alive, not alert, but, but, but not alive. I mean, but not, not, not deceased, but still alive. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just amazing to me to, to, to watch that play out. I think something spiritual was going on in, in the life of those two individuals. But again, those were, those were supernatural to me. Those were not yeah. something that they chose to do. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's not a choice to do, and yeah. you know, it's not like I mean, because I'm not going to think about waking up one morning going, you know, it'd be a good idea to start a 40 day fast without eating or drinking water. I think that I mean, even when we look at the, you know, even if we look at the classic example of Jesus's baptism, I mean, it always says then the Spirit led him into the wilderness. So you yeah. know that he was a leading. Not Jesus said, you know, I got baptized now. I'm going to go in the wilderness and. Yeah. Fast for 40 days. No, it was spirit led. And I think that's kind of the thing. So if I, if in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Then that's, it probably means that now nah, I'm not going to, that's not spirit led. Um, hey, actually one of the gospel writers uses the word drove. Mm. Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Mm. So. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so that's, that's kind of key. So it's, but I mean, there is that spiritual component that yeah. you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I came across a quote from Tony Evans uh, that said that fasting is the, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the word underutilized. I think it was underutilized, underprivileged discipline, or and he even says that to a point where, you know, it's a, it's a discipline that is not, practice much or people really have no desire to really choose to fast so why is that why is it that out of when we think about inward disciplines you know prayer meditation bible study things that are helping us grow in our relationships got things that are happening inwardly within our spirit why is it that fasting seems to kind of be the black sheep of the uh, of those disciplines i think i think part of it's uh that is not talked about it enough. Uh, mm. I believe that there are times when we don't spend enough time, uh, you know, not just as pastors, but, but, but 
just reading about what, what, what is actually available to us in this particular discipline. And I think the other part of the problem is, is, uh, is that it is a discipline. It is, it does take um, a measure of self-discipline to say, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, I'm going to abstain from, from this food or this activity or this particular drink or, or, or what have you. I'm going to spend some time, uh, again, saying no to those. And, and we don't like that word. <laughs> you know, in our westernized culture, uh, we just don't like that word at all. I've noticed, you know, I, I think I've shared with you before that I, I have a ministry in Pakistan. I have uh, some, uh, some friends that, that I minister with and, and, and two. Uh, but fasting is a regular thing for their culture there. So I think some of it, some of it for us is culture as well. Yeah. And, and I mean, even if you think about that, where we don't like being told no, I think that's a big, huge obstacle in Western culture. Um, even when we talk about, you know, fasting other things or fast or, you know, that self-denial um, to be able to be closer to Jesus, even if you take food out of the equation and you deny things like watching TV or being on Facebook or even just reading the news or, yeah. or, or maybe, you know, you're, you're, the way you're doing is eliminating, I mean, I'm just making stuff up at this point, but, you know, eliminating, not going out to eat. Like, yeah. instead of, you're, you're at your fast, you're not going to go out, spend money to go to Chick-fil-A or to a sit-down restaurant. You're not doing that. And especially now, with everything that's going on in our world today, you know, being told, okay, you guys need to stay home and social distance yourself and wear a mask, things that, you know, and you're being told this is what you need to do, which again is a denial. I can't walk out regularly. I have to put equipment on. I can't leave my home to just even go do something basic as, you know, you know, go shop at a local store or go to a restaurant. I'm being told, no, you can't do that. And it drives us nuts. We may, we may comply for a little bit, but after a while we're like, you can't tell me what to do. You're infringing on my rights. And, and to me, I'm thinking, well, you know, as Christians, we have no rights. Our, it's, it's about Jesus, you know. We're trading our life for the life of Christ. We're, you know, we're taking up our cross and following him. So it is a denial of that flesh. And I think with fasting, that is basically putting that, that imagery or that theology of the self-denial into practice through fasting. And I think, you know, in my opinion, I think it's, difficult for people to really do because we want our luxury yeah yeah i think you're exactly right mm-hmm. <laughs> especially especially in our culture we you know we, we we don't deny ourselves very much of anything yeah and and i mean i don't know i mean i'm trying to think about but i mean i think even in the same way that's the same thing that jesus was dealing with even when i look at I mean, there's a great book I read. It was a school book by David De Silva. It was that was called Unlocking Unlocking New Testament Culture, yeah. and um, you know, even look. Oh, it was called like Honor, Patronage, um, Purity, and it was like looking at all these different things, especially shame. Like that's always the big thing, you know, honor and shame, and and how you know Jesus a lot of times when he's talking about humility and talking about the self denial. That's basically very shameful tactics in the in that culture. And you're thinking like Jesus basically telling us you need to put yourself to shame to follow me. And it's thinking, well, why would I do that? That's negative. That's a negative thing. Why would I want to do that? And it, because we're so focused on 
want to be have honor we want to be the best in everything we do so when you're trying we want to be first so when jesus is saying well the last shall be first and that is a he's flipping the culture on its head and i think and i think when it comes to fasting that's basically what we're doing we're participating in jesus's kingdom by denying ourselves to be have a more connection to his kingdom and what's happening in his kingdom Good. Um, so any, any other thoughts or any things we haven't discussed on the topic of fasting, Bob, that you would like to mention? Um, just, a, just, just a couple of things. Okay, and, go right ahead. And, and that was, you know, uh, I, I share with my congregation that, you know, that, that fasting can take on a, a number of different, uh, number of different aspects. And, we, and we've hit a lot of those today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but simply, simply to be said, you know, what kind of fast does God honor? And I think he honors a fast that is given to him in sincerity. Uh, you know, as we seek the mind of the Lord, he may give us some clear direction that says you need to, you need to give up this or, or something specific for his, you know, for this a longer time. Certainly we want to, we, we want to, to give into that, but, uh, I think the fast that he honors is one that's, that that's done with sincerity not something that we do so that, you know, we can show God that we mean business. I've heard that sermon before and I, <laughs> I, I cringe when I, but when I hear that, you know, I, and God knows the intent of my heart already. I don't have to do something outward to show it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard that, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that again, I have to show God that I'm truly uh, deserving of, you know, if I fast long enough, God has to, he's, he's mandated to work. I don't think that's the, the, the idea. I think a fast that God honors is one that's given to him in sincerity. Uh, whether that's, the, you know, turning over the plate for a single meal or, or giving, you know, giving something up for a week at a time, whatever that might be, if it's done in sincerity, God honors that. I think the key, uh, part of the key is, is not so much what's given up as much as the, the, the discipline of spending that time that, you know, not just giving things up, but spending that time with the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the discipline mm-hmm. or even the self-discipline. I think that God honors. Yeah. Scripture says he seeks mercy and not sacrifice. As a matter of fact, he tells us scripture tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. Yeah. And, and I mean, it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier about, you know, elevated or whatever. So when you were saying stuff about, you know, oh, if I do this, then God's going to have to do this. And it almost seems like people may view yeah. fasting as like strong arming God to, yeah. to do, you yeah. know, God, you're going to do my will because I'm fasting for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's not what fasting is. Not it's about, is it it's about being sincere with God. I think it's more about opening up that relationship, opening yeah. up being more into understanding his will yes and understanding and even i think a lot of times what fasting does do is as i'm denying myself i'm also learning about my own selfishness my own sinfulness even sometimes maybe some own my own brokenness in places that i'm unaware of that because i have been denying myself of all these and i mean i would say luxuries but i would say sometimes even addictions you know, mm-hmm. being addicted yeah. to social media or the phone, or even some people being addicted to food and food being that way of kind of 
covering up some deep woundedness. You know, again, I'm speaking from a counseling perspective now, but you know, when I fast and then I'm really able to see some of this stuff, these skeletons coming out of the closet and it's like, Oh Lord, you know, clean this up, you know, patch up this woundedness in my life and, and being able to have that time. So there's a healing that kind of comes with it as well as a, connection into participating in the righteousness of Christ as well. Okay. I agree that again, drawing the focus away from, from self and, 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 and even sometimes that focus of drawing away from self and, and focus on Christ also has that reciprocating aspect of Christ focusing something, focusing our attention on something that needs to be addressed in our life that only he can help with. Exactly. I love the way that you that, that you that you presented that. That was great. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I mean, and I mean, and especially, you know, for me, you know, kind of without throughout this series, you know, prayer and me- just talking about prayer and meditation, you know, this is a way for us to really focus and really connect with Christ in a very real, powerful and personal way. Yeah. So, and I think fasting, again, helps us really focus that especially in conjunction to study and prayer and meditation, you know, it kind of just sucks everything all together and really can help us have this um, almost like this. Um, I'm trying to think this mountaintop experience. I like to say mountaintop experience, you know, where you're really seeing the face of God or experiencing him in a very powerful way because you have denied yourself and really connect. And I can't remember, I know it was the, um, Hidden Fortress by Teresa of Avila, where she oh. talked about different man, different rooms of prayer. And, you know, one of the rooms was a stripping of oneself. And, but then you get, and it's like, and it's like one that most people will not get to, I think it was room four or something, but then we get to room five, six, and seven. It's almost like this. Oh my goodness. Like just really great communion with God, but most of us will never get past that denial of self to get to yeah that and I think fasting can kind of help shed that away so we can really approach him um, in a very um, powerful way. Okay. I think you're right. Mm. All right. So um, Bob, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It's been definitely uh, informative and definitely good to talk with you and talk about fasting and, and hopefully from this, hopefully people who are listening to this, maybe they can, um, also learn more about fasting and really sure. put this as part of a daily practice or day, uh, be part of their daily, I, I guess not only daily life, but become more, um, I can't even think of the words now. I'm, 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 I'm lost for words. Um, but, you know, to kind of be more of a discipline that they can kind of always Where, go through yeah. through their lives to be and be more consistent about it than just like, oh, yeah, our church says we're going to do this. So, yeah, let's just do it because, yeah. you know, pastor said we go. But even outside of, the church realm, like, Hey, you know, even though our church isn't doing a big fasting thing together, I still want to continue to practice fasting because I really want to have a deeper relationship with God. And I think that's kind of, and hopefully that's the hope of listening for those who listen to this, whether it's within my congregation or overseas to the listeners overseas that they too can benefit (laughs) from this. So Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's been, it's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yep. And guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Again, you can follow me on any type of podcasting, any player. You can get podcasting, Apple Music, Spotify, 
Google Play. Uh, you can also go to the Scott Stedman, uh, thescottstedman.com to look at my website falls there. And then also, uh, this video is also posted on my YouTube page. Um, you can just do a search for Scott Stedman Ministries and you can also find this video there along with other ever podcasts and stuff that I'm doing. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. Again, leave a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe wherever you're watching this and uh, share it with a friend and I will talk to you next week. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.